Good morning, everybody. Glad to be with you this fourth Saturday in March 2023. My name is Ed Samuel. I'm a career coach with a firm called Sam Nova, and this is the Optimize Your Career program. Each week, we're on at 8 a.m., and I try my best to give you career advice, tips, ideas, answer questions. It's 30 minutes, and we cover just about every facet to help you or someone you know optimize their careers in some way. Our firm is based in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, about an hour west of Philadelphia. We serve clients across the U.S. We help those who are working or in job transition who want to advance or optimize their career in some way. We've coached more than 900 clients to date, revamped well over a 1,000 resumes. Our aim is always to help people get to that better place, whether it be more money, more happiness, better alignment to values, or to shift to something completely different or to bring in a secondary form of income. But all in all, we continue to be incredibly busy, getting calls and requests from around the country virtually every single day. And we love helping people get to that better place. So this morning, I'm going to be talking about something that doesn't get talked about that much, certainly not in the career optimization arena, and that's getting to the root cause, getting to the root cause. And let me just explain a little backdrop in terms of my background. For some of you who may not know, I spent 30 years in corporate America before breaking away to create a career coaching practice. Early on in my career, I mean early on, I don't know exactly what date, I mean, it was, it probably maybe it was year six in my career, and I had a 19, almost a 20-year run with Digital Equipment Corporation. At the time, I think it, you know, digital, they used to call it DAC, grew to about a $13 billion company, believe it or not, second to IBM in the world. But when I started Early on, I had a uh, manager of a business unit at Digital who was just phenomenal. And he was committed to getting everybody uh, to that better place when it came to understanding some basic quality principles and the how to employ them so that um, the company and the organization specifically would always be fine-tuning, getting to a better place, uh, fixing problems, and not just the symptoms but the true, true root cause. So back then, I was introduced to a person that some of you might have heard of, Dr. Edwards Deming. And Dr. Deming was the one who literally went to Japan after World War II and helped Japan become what they are today, which is one of the marvels of manufacturing with quality leading the way every single aspect of what they do. And so I was trained uh, with what we call at the time uh, the Deming principles, and you know he would basically say the root cause is you know is the underlying cause. In other words, it's the thing that's driving everything. If you want to control your destiny, this is a quote from him. Always you could understand variation everywhere. Problems when we have variations to usual systems or procedures. So in order to solve those problems, we look at the causes of those problems. So that could, you know, maybe that's a little technical, but you're trying to look for variations, you're tracking, you're plotting, and then you're trying to look for groupings, and then determine based on those groupings what's really causing uh, those particular problems or issues, and then digging really, really deep to get there. So, you know, so that's a little bit of my my training, and I took that training to heart. And I applied it throughout my career, virtually every organization I've gone to, including me running my own business, including coaching people. 
But I want to talk about root cause in two ways this morning. The first one is I put a poll out there uh, about people who are working at companies today or organizations today. Doesn't matter, small company, medium sized company, big company. And the question that I asked on my LinkedIn poll was how committed is your manager or leader in solving the true root cause of issues and problems, even if it means bucking the system? And the answers that came back in this poll was somewhat somewhat disappointing, but yet maybe not surprising. So here's the poll, here's how it came back. 33% of the people who responded say, we rarely ever, ever look at the root cause of anything. So what does that mean? Does that mean one out of three companies never even spend one minute looking at the real root cause? Wow, 36% is pretty high. Now the next 27% said, you know what? We just do the quick fix. And Wolf, we see a setup, we do a quick fix, we move on. So if you think about those two categories, they, they represent 60% of the people that were polled say, we really don't get at the root cause at all. We don't, we don't even address it. And then 24%, about one-fourth, said we make some attempts, some attempts. And 16% had some comments. And I'll share a few of those comments with you now. But when, when, you know, when I'm talking to people about, hey, yeah, I think I want to leave my company. I want to leave where I'm working. I'll say to them why, and there's all kinds of reasons. But you know, one of the reasons that people will give me now and again will be, we're not serious about solving anything here. My boss gives lip service. My boss's boss gives lip service. And yet um, we're trying to solve the problem, but we're the laughing stock of this, of this uh, organization because no one's really willing to address the root cause of anything. So and get me out of here. Help me figure out a way to leave this company, go work to a place that's committed to certain things. And one of those commitments is I want to go work somewhere where my boss and the company truly cares about getting at the root cause of real issues. And they work hard at it. Or even if they can't get at the ultimate root cause, at least acknowledge what the real issue is. So it's 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 interesting that this issue called getting at the root cause sounds like, well, that's a, you know, an engineering issue, uh, uh, a quality control issue, but now it's it's way bigger than that, way bigger than that. And you know, I can share some stories, um, but let me just share a couple of comments. Though, uh, you know, one of the comments that someone made is that, hey Ed, you know, at my company, and this is the person in Delaware. Though my my boss, my company is truly committed. They really want they really want to get at the root cause of things. I said, you know, I said, I mean, that's really great to hear. Uh, now, a lot of people uh, were far less times, um, and some people said not getting at the root cause. One person said, you know, this issue is causing me a great deal of pain. I work with so many departments who would actually find the issues, problems that really needed to be addressed, even clarify the issue, present the problem to his boss, but could not think of one time, not one time, that the boss said we need to go tackle that problem. It's a sad commentary. And I had multiple, multiple people making that comment. Again, not everyone. Another person said, you know, hey, and this is a tough question you're asking, uh, but my boss is really, really good. And we really try to attempt to understand and improve. In other words, there's a conversation taking place between the boss and you, the employee, about what's really 
going on. And again, um, I can understand at times where we don't go after the real root cause, but at the same token, you're not even acknowledging it. I had one person recently say, you know, you know, you don't have the pay grade to talk about the root cause. Can you imagine someone looking at you and saying, you don't have the pay grade? And this is a multi-billion dollar company. Senior leader looking at someone saying, you don't have the pay grade to worry about the root cause here. Just continue to do what you can do. And what, you know, we're not going to buck the system. So could be one of the reasons, you know, companies lose people is because we really don't put real effort into this issue called root cause. Now, let me give you some examples. I'm going to share some stories with you. I'll share uh, a few, and I have endless stories based on my corporate career. So here's one story. I become um, the leader of a very large customer service organization, which also included accounts receivable, a very large organization. And if I told you the company's name, everyone would recognize the company. That I became a a general manager there. And we we, we occupied a very old building, very old building. And I remember my first week at this company, um, I was taking a tour of the building, multiple floors, very old. And a person who was in a very large call center, a person came up to me, but I was walking. And the person, I was walking by a desk, a person leaned over, grabbed me by the shirt sleeve, pulled me towards her, and said, "Um, Mr. Samuel. And trust me, I wasn't old enough to be called Mr. Samuel at that time. But she said, Mr. Samuel. She knew what authority was, and I guess she told me Mr. Samuel. So I'll always remember. But she grabbed me by the sleeve, pulled me, over to her and said, uh, Mr. Samuel, I know you're new here, but could you do me a, you know, a really big favor? And I said, no, you know, what, what would that be? She goes, well, uh, would you be able to give me a bigger bucket? I said, bucket? I said, yeah, because we have buckets all throughout the floor here. So when it rains, the rain comes through the roof onto all over the, the, the facility, all over the floor, and my bucket's not big enough, so when the water hits my bucket, it splashes against the screen when I'm trying to type and talk to customers. You think I get it. I looked at that person and I just said, I will take care of this problem. Now, one's going to argue the leadership up to that point, the way they were solving the problem, they were buying more buckets. This is crazy. They were buying more buckets. And of course, I put my root cause analysis hat on. I say, okay, what's the root cause of this problem? Well, it wasn't too hard to figure out. Uh, every time it rained, the roof was completely shot, and uh, water was coming down through through the roof into the buckets all over the place, including on people's desks. So it was interesting. Well, I would ask. I then asked the question, what could we do to solve the problem? Well, hmm, who's taught to the landlord? No one. Why? We're scared of the landlord. He's a really powerful person in town. You don't mess with him. said, really? How about I don't pay the rent payment? See, let's see if we get his attention, because the roof needs to be replaced. Do you realize that's what I had to do? Then we got his attention. Now, not a bad person. Okay, I don't want. I don't want to go. I don't want to go that far. Not a bad person. No one really went after the landlord to put a new roof on the facility, so that all the rain stopped in the facility when it was raining outside. Well, we did get the roof replaced. Okay. And by the way. 
as Paul Harvey would say, there's even another story behind that story, which I'll save for another time. Maybe when I write my next book. Um, now, here's another story. I go to an organization. Uh, and one of the ways you measure accounts receivable, and I've managed major accounts receivables organizations in my past life with up to 30 people collecting money. And we're not talking a couple hundred thousand. We're talking tens and tens and tens, a hundred millions of dollars on a quarterly basis. So I know this world very, very well. I've managed two different, one, two, I'm just trying to think, one, two, three different organizations. I was directly and absolutely indirectly responsible for the results of the receivable. So I know this world well. This training that I got from Deming was invaluable to me because every time a, a, a client doesn't pay a bill, that's problem, right? That And then how do you solve the problem? What's the real root cause of the problem? Well, the root cause of the problem is not to continue to hire collection people. The root cause of the problem is you got to take the time and you got to really analyze. You have to sit down and you got to review. You got to understand. Now, in one particular organization, part of the review was, well, we're invoicing clients without getting a purchase order. So if these companies, they're never going to ever pay a bill unless the purchase orders proved, stamped, it's handed to us, and then we are authorized to send out an invoice. Now, if and guess who was responsible for getting those purchase orders approved? Salesforce. Well, who was talking to the sales force about fixing their process? No one. And this is where you start bucking the system, right? Well, if we don't fix that problem, we're going to always have a 60% days outstanding. How do we get it to less than 7%? Well, one way is we stop invoicing unless we have a purchase order. Well, that's got to rally a lot of people that really. But, you know, I, I, I've had some blessings in my corporate career because when I went, I sat down with my boss and said, here's what the real issue is. You know what he said? Good. I have your back. I'm going to run cover for you. Go get it fixed. See, those are amazing bosses, right? Those are bosses that you can rally around and say, wow. Wow. So guess what I did? I ended up, did I rally feathers? You better believe it. Did I make people happy in sales? No. But did they finally come around to understand that there's a cause and effect of everything that we do? And that if they don't help us, we're not going to have money. If we don't have money to pay the bills, this is how we get into trouble. And some of, you know, so some of this old behavior, but the point being is that getting at the root cause was how we got there. I'll give you one more story. I go to another company, 800 open positions. This is a recruiting, you know, this is a recruiting challenge. You have 800 open positions. Why are they not filled? Now, there's a lot of reasons, and I could write a book all about recruiting at, within corporate America and all the things that should be done. And in this particular case, was like, let's kind of dig into this. But let me just get to the chase of one part of the root cause. I then looked at the number of people trying to sell open positions, and I'm thinking there, wow, um, how many open positions do you have to fill at any given time? I would ask each recruiter on my team that. And do you realize it was 45 positions for every one recruiter? I said, did anybody ever ask what the industry average is, what the best practice should be? Is there anyone out there filling, you know, doing 45 
requisitions, unique requisitions. These aren't temporary roles. These are very challenging positions to fill. And then we, we found out, well, now the, the average is uh, 12, 10 to 12 for each recruiter. So what you end up doing, you end up fixing that problem. Now you have enough resources focused on getting at filling those positions, right? Now, there's many, many, many other issues related to when you have any under open positions, trust me. Now, it was only one of them. So these stories, I share it with you because maybe you can relate to that. In all cases, I don't know what I would have done if I worked at those companies and my boss said, well, you have to fix this, but I'm not going to really give the green light to solving the root cause of the problem. I probably would have left that company faster than a steam bullet if I was given the direction of bringing, you know, buying more buckets. If somebody said, drive the accounts receivable down, but you can't talk, you can't make any changes to policy to the sales force, might have left the company. And when I presented the true root cause of issues, um, and I got zero support when it came to leveling the playing field in terms of requisitions to a recruiter, I probably would have left the organization because no one was committing to, you know, to solve the problem. But now I understand, now that I told these stories, I sit back and look at myself and say, if I had a, a boss uh, or leaders that were not supportive, but yet they thought it was going to get done some magical way, I probably would have looked for another job. How many of you are out there you know, looking for another job because your bosses are not supportive? You know, fairly amazing. Now, it's I, you know I'm such a big fan of root cause analysis. I don't talk about it at much because it's so ingrained in everything that I do. But I probably should because there's so much to be learned from it. You know, you could take a root cause analysis approach to your job search, and you can apply it in every area. Well, you know, I'm applying for jobs day after day, week after week, hundreds. I get no response, no interviews. And then you have to ask yourself the question, what's the real root cause of that problem? If you continue to do it, it's no different than, you know, oh, well, I'm going to apply for even more jobs. That's no different than you buying more buckets. No different. You might have to go back and rethink what you're doing. Maybe it's your resume. Maybe you're not getting through the applicant tracking system. Maybe you're not looking at the minimum requirements of the job and you're just applying. Maybe you should find out that if you spend more than two hours a day in front of a computer applying for jobs, it becomes self-defeating, unproductive. That could be part of the root cause. What happens if you have an interview stream with HR once, twice, three times, five times, ten times, and then nothing happens after that interview stream? You have to go back and say, well, what's the real root cause? Do I continue to interview? and do these screenings and end up in the same place? What's preventing me from moving forward? Well, have you been coached? Are you really practicing your interviewing on Zoom using uh, a video uh, um, tool that allows you to do a playback? Are you getting feedback from anyone? Have you, did mock, have you done mock interviewing with somebody who is a hiring manager to then find out the mistakes that might be making is it could be the lighting on your Zoom is so bad they cannot see your face. And you you might joke at that. You'd be surprised how many people don't understand there's a proper etiquette for Zoom. And it could go terribly wrong. 
just in that kind of an interview. You asking about money as your first question during a screen could, could see your shit on a phone screen. If that's the only thing you're worried about, because you shouldn't be worried about the job, not money right out of the gate. Let's say money's not important, but it's how, it's how you, it's when you ask that question. Maybe they ask you, what questions do you have? And you don't, you don't have any. See, there's things that you're doing when you start to peel that onion back with nothing as simple as not moving forward on the phone screen. It takes some time to pull, pull it back, ask the questions to get to the real root cause. And once you figure out the root cause, then you'll fix it, right? So, you know, we could talk about root cause in so many different ways. You could apply root cause in your personal life, your work life, your career life, and it, it's there always for you to take a look at. You know, there's so many great books out there. You can certainly do some research on uh, Deming, but, you know, the, there's, there's a couple of books out there on Amazon even today. One's called The Root Clause Analysis Handbook. Ah, I'd recommend you get it. Read one of them and just think about, am I applying any of this to my life? Am I applying any of this to my career, to my job search? And if you're working, you're listening to this program and you're working today, are you applying it at work? And so those who are listening and your company has just completely given up and getting at the root cause, well, then you call somebody like me to get you the heck out and then you go to a company that has a great boss or a great company that's going to rally around getting at the real root cause of things. So hopefully this gives you some food for thought. Um, we're just about out of time for those new to the program. I did publish my first book called Optimize Your Resume. Do's and don'ts, the Sandova way. It's available on our website. We'll pick up shipping costs. And for those listening, my website is Sam, S-A-M-N-O-V-A-I-N-C.com. Sam Nova, I-N-C.com. Look at resume services. Look at services. You'll see a drop down for resume book. But you can order it there or you can order it via Amazon. You know, we have well over 500 positive comments about the book. Uh, we love the ones where it was key in landing my most recent job. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m., I want a clubhouse. That's the voice-only application uh, on your Android cell phone. You look it up, clubhouse. want a forum called Career, Faith, and Purpose with Charlotte Taylor, career coach and resume writer. You know, we do a mix of talking about the Bible, we talk about scripture, we talk about a story and how does it apply to our world, our life, our work. And then we go into some great detail uh, with some amazing uh, tips, ideas, and resources for you to, uh, to have. Um, and right now we're focused on interviewing. I think it's part three. So please, I encourage you to, uh, to listen in if you're in Clubhouse. I'll be speaking this coming Monday about career pivots, do's and don'ts, uh, to the Professional Service Group of Central New Jersey at 10 a.m. If you want to find out more, go to our website and click on events, and that's going to show you upcoming speaking events, including another one I'll be speaking at on April 11th through um, IABC, the Association of Business Communicators. Uh, I think it's, a, it, it's I'll be speaking later later in the day. I want to say six thirty at night on job search best practices. So if you're not connected to me, please connect with me on LinkedIn. I have twenty six thousand, almost one hundred direct connections, and you can join me next Saturday, March eighteenth, 
But we're going to take a hard look at some success stories where people have pivoted their careers and what it took to get there. I think you're going to really like this particular program. I'm going to capture as many as I can in the time that we're allotted here. But I think it's going to really give you a flavor of easy ones, hard ones. And, um, and if you're ready to make that career pivot, you won't want to miss next Saturday. So this is Ed Sandio, Career Coach with Sandova. If you'd like to reach me, you know, question, comment, you can email me at esamuel at samnova, Inc. Again, S-A-M-N-O-V-A-I-N-C.com, esamuel at samnovainc.com, or call our main number, 610-274-8214. So make it a great Saturday. Wishing you and yours a great weekend. Stay safe, and God bless.